Hey everybody, on today's Locked On Bama, we're going to talk about two potential new inductees for the College Football Hall of Fame from Alabama. We're also going to talk about a very strange, puzzling, concerning crystal ball pick for an in-state recruit that Alabama desperately wants, but he may not be going to Alabama according to this crystal ball selection. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Bama. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Excited. Excited. Uh, boy, creeping closer. And boy, what a big recruiting week. I mean, this could be the biggest recruiting week of the year. Now, I know when I say that, that means someone is 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 interpreting that to mean we're going to get multiple commitments this week. No, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean by the biggest recruiting week is there will never be a seven-day period all year where we have more kids than we want to sign on campus. Uh, that includes this week during camps and this weekend for official visits. It's the biggest weekend in terms of visitors coming to Tuscaloosa that Alabama wants to sign. Whether that's going to uh, uh, result in any commitments at all, who the hell knows? It's the strangest recruiting cycle of all time. Things will continue to be strange right up until the cycle ends. Yeah, I saw you say that earlier to somebody when they were talking about Jaleel Hurley, but it's just you know, nobody knows what the hell is going to happen, so it's hard to predict anything. Um, I want to thank everybody for making Locked on Bama the first place you listen when it comes to Alabama podcast. Um, also, Jimmy, let's go ahead and start with some news. Uh, College Football Hall of Fame 2023 class, uh, 80, I think. I think it's a total of 80 guys uh, up for selection, <clears throat> um, including coaches. And – um, Chris Samuels, Antonio Langham are both up well, potentially to, to make the list. I think both of them should make it with relative ease. I mean, boy, if you don't think Chris Samuels should get in, I mean, he, he's arguably – I mean, you could say he's the second best offensive lineman we've ever had behind John Hanna. And, I mean, John Hanna's way before me, but his, his reputation is so big that I think you'd have to put John Hanna one, maybe Dwight Stevenson two. Um, but Chris Samuels is in the top five all-time Alabama offensive lineman, if you ask me. And um, I think he's a no-brainer. And then Langham, I mean, Langham is still Alabama's all-time leader in career interceptions with 19. Um, he's made some unbelievable plays, one of the most fabulous plays in Alabama history against Florida in that SEC championship game, uh, pick six against Auburn that same year, a blocked punt for a touchdown against Mississippi State that same year. I mean, he was just a dude. He won the Jim Thorpe Award. Uh, maybe he gets some points deducted for uh, the cocktail napkin snafu, but I think both of them should get in. Well, uh, first of all, I certainly agree. Uh, secondly, look, you know, I haven't seen all 80 players that are nominated. and I haven't gone over all 80 in terms of, well, this guy versus this guy, how many are going to get into the 80 and do you get on future ballots? I, I don't know how it all works. So I'm not going to pretend to say, well, these two are the most decorated of all the 80 that are that are nominated. I don't know the answer to that. But, but what I do know is this. To me, players at Alabama 
that uh, become significant players. And by that, I mean starters, uh, guys that play a ton. Uh, they're in three groups. The first group is by far the biggest, and that group is good players. Uh, these are players that have earned starting positions at Alabama during any Alabama era that started a whole season, maybe two or even three seasons. Uh, anyone that's accomplished that is a good football player. You can't be a bad player and do that at Alabama, not even when Alabama's been average. Uh, Alabama. So, so most of the players that, that play significant roles at Alabama are good. There's a smaller list that's still pretty big, but a smaller list of what I would call great players. And these are players that stood out at Alabama. They, they were starters that became all-stars, that became, uh, they won things like all SEC, or they were drafting the NFL, or they set records. Uh, they're great players. Uh, I'll tell you an example of a, of a great player to me is Emil Echior. Uh, that's just the first name that comes to mind. And by, by great, I mean, Emil's going to be a three-year full-time starter and drafted into the NFL. And in his senior year, he's going to be the unquestionable leader of that group. And, and again, he'll play. So he's a great player, uh, better than good. Now, the third list is small, and it needs to be small for it to mean a lot. But the third group are what I would call legends. I'm talking about better than great. I'm talking about these guys are great under any definition uh, while they're at Alabama. And uh, obviously legends would be uh, guys like Bryce Young, who was one of Heisman, Will Anderson, who may be the best defensive player of the Saban era. These guys are legends. And I say that to say Chris Samuels and Antonio Langham are legends. They're not just good. They're not just great. They're legendary players. These are two of the best players at their positions that's ever played at Alabama, including the Saban era for all you younger folks. Um, so, yeah, in my mind, they deserve it because I think if you're a legendary player at Alabama, there's probably a spot for you in the Hall of Fame. There should be. And Alabama's got a lot of uh, Hall of Fame members. I won't run over them all, but AL.com had a nice rundown. And um, they're going to have a lot more coming up soon from this saving yeah. era. I mean, you can just bet Devontae Smith's going to be in there. Um, all the Heisman think, winners. Yeah, all the Heisman winners, you know, Ingram and, and Henry and Barrett. Barrett uh, Jones. Barrett won. Jones would be in there. He, I won, was, he, he, he won an EGOT. Yeah. I think uh, – what the hell is an EGOT? EGOT? That's a, a term they use in show business for the small handful of people who have won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. There's only like about ah, – okay. There's only like eight or ten of those people in the world, in the history of the world, <laughs> that have won all four, and they call them EGOTs. Like John Legend is one. You know, uh, there, there's very few others. I thought you were saying, like, if there's an award out there, he got it. Um, <laughs> both. Yeah. Both, 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 both suffice for what we're doing here. All right. Let me tell everybody about Built Bar. Don't you love a chewy chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you you can have all that chewy, chocolatey, caramely deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein. You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at build.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. I had one the other day. They're absolutely delicious. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus the macros are unreal. I don't know what macros are, but you probably do. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. 
The best part, caramel brownies are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for realsies. And I just, it, these are so good, they made me say for realsies. With Built, tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com, get your box of caramel brownies bars right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, 15% off that order. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off that order. Also, I want to tell you, we have an important favor to ask of you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make favorite Locked On podcast even better. Your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 10, I tell you, $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, Jimmy, um, some recruiting news out there. And first of all, let's do the good news. Brandon Ennis uh, came in this past weekend, superstar wide receiver, maybe the best wide receiver in the country, and he seemed to have a really good time at Alabama. Do you think we have a legitimate shot, or is this a USC no-brainer? Uh, I don't think he's going to go to USC. I, I thought I thought at one point he may be going to USC because he committed to Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley and then was immediately interested in USC. I think that's calmed down some. I think if he's – I think today he's more likely to go to Ohio State than anywhere. Uh, but Alabama made uh, huge ground this weekend. And, and, look, he's a wide receiver from South Florida. Um, there are all sorts of reasons for him to sign with Alabama uh, – and not travel all the way to Ohio State. I mean, what are you going to get at Ohio State? You're not going to get at Alabama, uh, and it's much closer to home. Uh, and with Alabama's track record at wide receiver, to say nothing of our track record at wide receiver with South Florida kids, Alabama makes all sorts of sense for Brandon Ennis. And I think, I think maybe he realized that this weekend. So I think Alabama is in really good shape for him. But based on his comments prior, uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to bet on Alabama here. Uh, my my money would be on Ohio State still, but I, I think Alabama is closer than ever, maybe to to taking a lead for him. And and I wouldn't rule Alabama out. And keep in mind, a kid a five star plus kid like Ennis, uh, he's going to get a lot of NIL opportunities, and that could end up ruling the day. So. Uh, I, I would really hate to bet on anything, but but today I would say it's Ohio State, then maybe Alabama, and I wasn't so sure Alabama was even second for this weekend. So Alabama is a riser here uh, and has made it interesting. I certainly would love for that to happen, and we are going to talk about some other recruiting news in this next segment. But, Jimmy, this I mean, as we're recording this for Tuesday's episode, this just came across the wire, and you may not even know it. This is so sad to me. Robert Stewart, who is a bruising muscle tone football star at the Houston County and then in Alabama, he passed away. Yeah, um, God almighty, Jimmy. He was he was only 55 years old. And I remember him very, very well. Uh, he played about every position outside of quarterback and kicker at Alabama, which was weird. I mean, it seemed like he was everywhere. Um, and he was a freak athletic. He, he was like, um, you know who he reminds me of? He was a sort of a broader Shane Lee, but more athletic. You know, Shane Lee was just like this muscle-bound dude who probably had no real position. Robert Stewart also had no real position, except he was good at every position he played. Um, I remember uh, the A&M game in 1988. He had a monster game then uh, in College Station, the Hurricane Bowl. 
Um, he was just a dude, man. I, boy, this is sad, sad news. Anybody who is, is in my generation will know the name Robert Stewart. He, he was an absolute dude. And that is so sad at age 55. I don't, I, I've not even seen the cause of death yet. Said details of the death were not available. He died Saturday morning in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, where he's lived since retiring from professional football. So goodness gracious, that's just sad, sad news. Really? Uh, yeah. Robert was in school. Uh, he was an older kid when I was in school and he was, you know, two or three years older than me. So, um, <laughs> So I didn't. I never met Robert, but what what a what a fantastic player and athlete at Alabama, uh, a throwback. I don't think there could be a Robert Stewart today, uh, at least an Alabama level, just because of how unique he was. But he's also played in an era where nose tackles were. You I mean you wanted a run stuffer at nose guard all sixty minutes of a game? You 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 played a fullback. Uh, you know what's funny to me is fans get a trip out of, you know, whenever you move a defensive lineman to fullback on the goal line. And we, we've done that with several players. Jonathan Allen did it. Deron Payne famously did it, even caught a touchdown pass. Uh, so we, we do this and fans get a chuckle out of it. Like it's a novelty thing. Imagine this. Robert Stewart was a defensive lineman, a nose guard. He's an actual nose guard yeah. who played fullback. He played fullback. He, 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 it wasn't a novelty. It may have been his best position. Uh, he killed people at fullback, and 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 that just shows what kind of a real athlete he was. But he also was a guy that was in an era was able to play nose guard very effectively at like six foot two eighty, you know, and and, and you, you you wouldn't do that now, you know. So, uh, but what a what a freak that guy could bench press a million pounds. He could run, pure football player, and. Uh, Hey, a lot of people talk about 92. The 91 defense was also really good. That team went 11 and 1 or 12, 12 uh, 11 and 1, I think, was, was their record in 1991, 11 and 1. And it was all behind a great defense because the offense was, was pretty, pretty iffy. But the defense was great. And Robert Stewart was a big part of that. So, what I would say is, uh, uh, I mean, you know, a great player on a great defense that wouldn't have been as good without him. So that's how good he was. Jimmy, I'll go to my grave thinking that if they had called the sack Robert Stewart had on Shane Lee in Gainesville, um, which a safety, which it was yeah. like they should have, then um, maybe Alabama doesn't get beat 35 to nothing in that game. Maybe they yeah. get 35 to two. It, but, was, uh, it, was, it was a closer, considering how badly Alabama was blown out, the game was closer than that score sounds. And you're right. Uh, that was early in the game. It was a tone setter. <laughs> yeah. The officials blew the call. Uh, it was way before replay. Officials blew the call. Uh, should have been a safety. And, and that's what kind of player he was, a, a nose guard who was hell in the yeah. pass rush. Let me, let me read off this from the uh, Dothan Eagle. An assistant was talking about how a guy from uh, a coach from USC came in. Said a coach from USC. Uh, oh God! I just my damn computer just acted up on me. A coach from USC came in. Oh my God! I can't believe that this just happened. Where where to go? A coach from USC came in and sat down with us at Houston County High with Robert, myself, and I can't remember who else. You could have just left that out, coach. <laughs> he said he introduced himself and said, "Son, I'd like for you to fly to California." We'd like to recruit you and like you to offer you a scholarship to Southern Cal. Robert looked at me and said, Coach, what do you want to do? I said, Robert, like I've told everyone who's come in here, it's your choice. I said, if you want to fly to California with the family, I want you want me to go, I'll go. This is your choice. 
He looked at me and smiled and turned around at that coach and stuck his hand out and shook his hand. He said, coach, I've never been to California. I'd like to go to California, but I'm not going to go because if I go, I'm wasting the university's money. I'm going to go to the University of Alabama. You know, that's never, ever, ever going to be a recruiting story again. And um, that's, that's just not the way it's ever going to be. And Robert Stewart was just – he was – I think he was the epitome of what we all want college football to be. I'm not saying that the kids today are not good people. I'm just saying at that time you went for the reasons we think you ought to go and um, that, that we believe in our head people go to school mm-hmm. for. And Robert Stewart just wanted to go to the University of Alabama. And, boy, in 91, you're right, they was right. He wasn't on that 92 team. But right. if Robert Stewart – could have been on that 92 team and that they had a pretty good you know lineup anyway. But can you imagine a nose guard of Robert Stewart and then Curry and Copeland? Holy right. hell. It, 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 well, it's the yeah. best defense in college football history. If you ask me anyway, it, 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 it would have been the best defense, um, you know, yeah. in, in any sports history. So <laughs> give me, let me tell, let me go ahead and take another break here. Um, I don't have a library. Amazing. Uh, so we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a second. I want to tell everybody also go check out the locked on NBA big board. That's a lot of fun to listen to. And we got JD Davidson out there. So you want to find out more about it, go make that your second listen behind locked on <laughs> locked on NBA big board, follow them anywhere. You get your podcast. You can go to audacity app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, go check them out. They'll fill you in on all the NBA stuff that you need to know. Jimmy, one thing that was concerning, and I'm doing the opposite of a managerial technique called the sandwich technique, where you say something good, then something shitty, and then something good again. Um, I'm leaving the shitty stuff for last. Uh, Tamarian Parker was just crystal balled by one of your cohorts over at On3, Chad Simmons, to go to the University of, not Georgia, not Auburn, Florida. And I'm going to tell you something. Florida also just had Kelby Collins in for a visit. Billy Napier is making some headway, dude. And I, I mean, I'm sure they also have a lot of NIL money and all this other stuff. By the way, I just want to throw this out there. I, this is not appropriate for what we're talking about. Jaden Bradley, the point guard coming into Alabama, already has an NIL deal with Embassy Suites, which I thought was just a brilliant move. And I think it's awesome. And I guess this that this happens the right way because he has already signed with Alabama. He's not on campus, I don't think. I mean, maybe on campus. But um, he, he's, he's I probably on campus. the right way that you're supposed to do it. But I, yeah. I, I love that move. What a cool move by Embassy Suites. But anyway, um, to Marion Parker from Central Phoenix okay. City, crystal ball to Florida now by Chad Simmons, who's a Chad Simmons in Luke Robinson out there throwing shit against the wall. No, no, no. Sticks. Chad Simmons knows his stuff. So <laughs> this is concerning. Yeah. Well, when Chad crystal ball, somebody, you just go ahead and put it down in pencil. I mean, you, you know, not in pen, not it's recruiting, right. But you can, you can pencil it in. If, if Chad has made the projection, uh, no one knows of the recruiting landscape and, and these kids and these schools better than Chad. Um, look, I think in previous years this would be a bigger story, but it's not. Uh, it's not a, an earthquake uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, it's the weirdest cycle ever. There's going to be some strange results. Period. I mean, period. And we've got to get used to that. Okay, that, that that everything that we've learned about recruiting in the first, you know, in my case, the first 51 years of my life, that's all out the window. Flush it. This is brand new and 
we've all got to get used to that. And it's not going to be easy to get used to, but we do have to get used to that. So that's one. Secondly, that position is stacked on Alabama's board, stacked with, with in-state kids, with kids from around the region, with kids from around the country. It's just really impossible for Alabama. I mean, you could take to Marion Parker if you're Alabama tomorrow. Now you don't have room for Quay Russell or whoever it is that, that's above him on the board. There wouldn't be many names, but there would be several names even above him uh, on the board. Malik Bryant, you know, from Florida uh, is an edge player. Uh, I think, you know, my take is is that that not that Alabama didn't want Tamarian, but that maybe Tamarian wasn't the priority uh, for Alabama that you would think he would be. And trust me, in 99 out of 100 years, he would be. This is a highly unusual year in terms of how many quality players there are at that position. So I think between it being the weirdest cycle ever and Alabama's board just being stacked, I mean, Alabama already has Yonze Pierre, who, who projects as a rush end. I mean, you can't take six. You can't even really take four. Three is a stretch. Alabama's already kind of got one, and, and they're still recruiting a Quay Russell, Malik Bryant, and many others, uh, Kelby Collins. So, of course, he's more of a defensive lineman to me. But uh, anyway, it's uh, I think it's those things. So there's no reason to uh, to panic or feel like, Alabama's uh, dropped the ball here. Um, I'm huge on Parker. I think he's going to be great, but I've said this from the start. There will be great players. Alabama just simply does not have room for in this group because the front seven is just so crowded with, with, with really good players that have Alabama high on their list. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to have John Garcia on at some point this week, so uh, be on the lookout for that. John Garcia, of course, with SI.com, recruiting guru, one of the best in the business. Can't wait to talk to him about Tamarian Parker and more. We'll be back next time. Until then, roll time. Roll time.